Hello and welcome back to the Natalie Smith Fitness Podcast. So this is a special episode. I have a guest on my podcast, which I don't usually do, but it was such a good conversation. So today I talked with Jen, who you can find her on on Instagram. Her name is fit underscore foodie. F-O-O-D-E-E. And we talked about a lot of different things. We talked a little bit about like body image and accepting your body and um, how her journey and like how strength training has changed her life, how she's gotten into coaching, kind of like our philosophies a little bit about nutrition and strength training, our goals. And at the end, we talked a little bit more about like practical things that you can do to get started on your fitness journey and to make progress. So yeah, we talked about a lot of different things, but the conversation really just flowed. It was a great talk and I'm definitely going to have her on again. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for listening and let's get on to it. All right, welcome back to my podcast. Oh, wait, okay, just started. <laughs> All right, welcome back to my podcast. So today I have a guest on, which I haven't done in a long time, but I'm super excited. So today I'm going to be talking with Jen, and we're just going to talk about strength training and kind of our journeys. So I hope you enjoy the episode, but yeah, let's get into it. So can you just like tell me a little bit about yourself and like how you got into fitness? Yeah, so hi, I'm Jen, um, and I have been into fitness pretty much as long as I can remember um, in one form or another. So I started distance running um, in grade school. So here in Canada, we had something called Kilometer Club. So we would run the length of our schoolyard and you'd get a popsicle stick for every time you went around, which was a kilometer. Um, we didn't speak in miles. And, uh, you know, I would always try to get the most popsicle sticks and kind of like win Kilometer Club, which had no prize at all. Um, but that kind of, yeah, it, it taught me a little bit about like um, r- moving for fun and running. Um, and I also had in my whole entire family, one person who was active and, and my one aunt who was similar to my age, uh, just a few years older, ran trails. So I thought it was very cool. Oh, I love that. And um, so you've always been into sports since you were younger. Yeah, yeah, I've always played softball and been pretty active. Yeah. And then how did you get into, like, nutrition and, like, all of that? Yeah, so it's weird. It it started out of, I think, honest and genuine curiosity when I was younger, when I was running. Because, of course, when you're distance running, you don't, at that age, realize that cardio uh, causes a lot of hunger. So you're hungry a lot. Um, and then also as like a young teenage girl, you're, you're trying to look a certain way often, um, or I was, I should take responsibility. (laughs) Um, so the lines kind of started getting blurred there. So I was running for fun and to clear my head. I, I, um, had a lot of stress and dealt with things when I was younger that were a lot for a child. Um, and so I was getting the really great benefits of fitness, which hooked me right away. But then I was having the negative benefits as well. Like, oh, if I run more, I'm, I lose weight. And, oh, if I eat less, then I lose weight, even though I'm really hungry. So um, it can become a little of a double-edged sword or a little disordered. And um, I think just getting into that and at the age of 12 or 13, like switching out salad dressing for straight vinegar. Like, why was I doing that at that age? Who, nobody needs to do that. But I was, I I didn't understand. I just heard low fat or low calorie, whatever the catchphrase Mm -hmm. was. Um, And so I think, you know, once I became an adult and was able to kind of say, you know what, this is a bit disordered. You know, you really, you should be kinder to yourself. You know, it's really not serving you to, uh, quote unquote, hate your body or yourself or, or treat it negatively. So then I decided it was important to actually learn what was going on. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so important because like, and that happens to so many girls because we're not taught about proper nutrition at all. And really? so they just have no idea what to do. And it's just like, that's why these things happen. Because if we were educated more about disordered eating and about, you know, yeah. just eating balanced diets, then this wouldn't be such a common issue. 
Yeah, and it's not even just the nutrition part. Um, it, it happens for men. I don't want to disclose right. that. My experience is female. Um, but on top of the not being taught about nutrition, and, you know, if you're a distance runner, you should be eating carbs, especially when yes. you're growing as a youth, you know. But on top of that, we're also reading magazines, like teen magazines and, you know, um, getting really force-fed a certain image. And luckily now for generations like yours, you're going to see strong women and you're going to see, you know, athletic women and understand that muscle is not a masculine thing, you know? Um, But still you have to be in the world. And and when I was your age, it was, you'd really have to look for it. You know, it was, Mm -hmm. it was, so I think, yeah, just the combination of feeling like you have to look like you're hungry, um, not knowing how to, you know, not be hungry without eating you know, certain things that make you feel bad. It was a bit of a tough situation. Mm -hmm. And it's like the whole just um, when you're younger, just always pursuing being as skinny as possible. Like that's just going to cause issues. 100%. I, without a doubt, will admit that like being thin was my goal. And I am a naturally athletic body, um, Mm -hmm. which now is like, oh my goodness, I'm anabolic. I can build muscle. Like (laughs) I'm so lucky. But at that age, when when a lot of my friends were thin and I was kind of like muscly, um, really made me like, I I didn't wear a tank top until I was like Mm -hmm. in high school, you know, like the end, maybe 17, 18, because I was like, oh my God, my arms. Yeah, yeah, totally. And how did you kind of like start embracing that? I... I don't really know to tell you the truth. You know, I don't know where that shift came, but I think it was um, with me for a long time. You know, I think I really did carry the, I, my body isn't perfect for a really long, like longer than I would probably like to admit. Um, But then when I started lifting, it was like game changer. I was like, how do I do this better? I found out there was coaches. I found out there was people that like, teach you how to do these things and it's not disordered to have a nutrition coach that's you know actually you can you can be full and fuel your body without having to worry about thinness and that was a revelation Mm -hmm, for sure um totally with me too it's just like once you start focusing on being stronger it's just everything changes (laughs) yeah changes and it's so weird I don't know how physical strength translates to mental strength but it just does you know like it's almost like a bunch of bros are watching me do pull-ups at the gym and I'm like yeah I got some weight on my back and I'm doing pull-ups so (laughs) you know this is how I look deal with it and it just kind of becomes a thing yeah I think part of it is because like a lot of women think that they can't do that or that they're not strong. So then when you prove to yourself that you actually are, it's very like empowering. Absolutely. And, you know, people don't understand things like progressive oak because that's not mainstream. So you right. often see women, you know, if they go into the weight room, if they leave the cardio section, they'll pick up that pair of 15 pound dumbbells and that will serve for everything. And that's fine. You're moving your body. Right. Good great um but you're wondering why you've been lifting those 15 pound dumbbells for two years and you don't have muscles right yeah exactly Um, totally maybe some people do but you know it's just kind of like teaching people and once you learn and you have a goal you know I'm I'm much more into nutrition that's my interest in where I work but um even with my own programming I'm like okay record your workouts yeah you know for sure um how did you get into nutrition coaching I, it's, it's incredible. I was living out in San Francisco for a few years and I was working in tech and a really busy, crazy job and kind of really unhappy with where I was. I I was still running kind of, but I gained, you know, uh, 15, 20 pounds and was just feeling really down. And I was like, enough, like you are not the person to wave the white flag. So I was like, there's gotta be a way like clearly what I'm doing isn't working, right? Like I'm starving myself, then I'm binging, then I'm drinking. So I decided to stop drinking alcohol for a while and uh, which kind of, even to this day, I have, you know, maybe a couple drinks a month, but um, real game changer there once you realize liquid calories and motivation Mm -hmm. killing hurts. Um, But yeah, and then I picked up weights and I just kind of got into it. Um, My first coach actually had me like really, really ill, was a very, I got a cookie cutter bro plan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I just, (laughs) I 
my stomach, my whole entire digestive system shut down on me, which like, (laughs) yeah, I realized that's not the way I wanted to do it. And then I got a female coach and not that it's gendered, but I just had someone who understood my body a little bit more. Um, And I, when I was learning from her, I was like, this is kind of cool. And then I kind of started watching like, you know, Paul Ravella and like some of those people and learning about flexible dieting. And I was like, oh yeah. Like, what do you mean McDonald's is cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, it was just interest. And it was uh, just figuring out how to have more control instead of feeling out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really well said. How did you find the nutrition coaches that you had? Oh, it was really hit or miss. Like, it was crazy. At one time, I was Instagramming people, like, direct messaging people who I'm sure, like, I was out of my league. They, they have, you know, 100, 200,000 followers. And I'm like, my digestive system is shut down and my coach won't tell me what's going on. And Lord, help me, you know? And, yeah. and I got actually some really great responses. Um, and someone basically telling me, if it feels like your coach doesn't care, they don't, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then I said, I'm going to take it into my own hands. And I went and got myself certified, um, with precision nutrition, which is a really, um, great certification that's in my hometown of Toronto, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The it's from here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, we, us Canadians have to take all the, any claim to fame we can get, right? <laughs> celebrities. Um, but yeah, it was really good. And then I just went down that rabbit hole and bought all of Dr. Lane Norton's books and just started consuming everything I could and um yeah I'm actually about my next certification is going to be in physique so I'll be taking uh Dr. Lane Norton and Dr. Bill Campbell's uh oh okay yeah Yeah. um how long ago did you get the certification uh so my first one was probably three years ago and then the precision one was last year and then I will never stop because right the research never stops right um and then when did you start, like, taking on <clears throat> clients? Yeah, you know, it kind of happens organically. It's right. almost like, you know, when you are when you own a truck, all of a sudden you're a mover. All your friends want your help, right? So all of a sudden friends started calling me and DMing me. When the pandemic first hit, I was running online classes. I was helping mm-hmm. people just for fun. And that kind of became a business. Um, exactly. And I know everybody says, do it organically. And it sounds, that, that really is the... That is the key. It, I got to trial and error, um, yeah. make mistakes. And um, when you're doing things for free, people are grateful, even if it takes a little bit longer. Yes. You know? Um, and so I just started doing that. And now it's great. People just reach out and um, say they'd like some help. And honestly, most of the time, I just give away the information for free because I want to help. Right. And I think that's so important because that's like most of the successful people in the industry, that's how they got started is like, you just help people for free and you just like, let them come to you. And then you get the experience from that. And when your goal is helping people and you're genuine, people see that and they appreciate it. Whereas if I think like with online coaching, there's so many people who now want to go into it because they think like, oh, it's just an easy way to make money. And so they'll get, you know, an Instagram with a goal of making a lot of money and then they're not successful. But if you realize like it takes a long time, it's a lot of hard work, but your goal is to help people, then everything else falls into place. And if your goal is money, you can do that anywhere, you know? Yeah, right. Um, It's that really isn't the point. And I think people can feel that, you know? And the other thing is, even if like, there's so many people on Instagram, for example, who really do want to help and they really are kind hearted people. They're taking their time to make content, but they're not educating themselves. They're kind of regurgitating things that aren't true. Right. And that's actually really dangerous regardless of your intentions, you know? So if you're going to do it, take a minute, Um, realize that even if one person sees your post and then gives up something you thought was the right thing to suggest isn't, you know, that could be really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also dangerous when people will like have this idea that they know everything or that like they're infallible because then people will, you know, take that advice. Whereas if you're open about it and you're like, you know, I don't have all the answers. Or if someone asks you something that you don't know the answer to and you say that, people will appreciate that you're genuine. And then they'll 
also trust you more. And it's like, you have to be honest about that because like you said earlier, this field, the research, it's always changing Mm -hmm. and like, you're never going to know everything. Yeah. And so say there was a magic person who could know every piece of data, you know, you could know the perfect amount of protein for muscle protein synthesis. You could know the perfect macro split for a physique competitor. You're still dealing with individual genetics. So every single truth is then applied differently to every person's truth, right? Even a dog trainer, you're gonna, all the dogs are gonna respond to you differently because they're built a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. So you really need to understand that. I am super blessed that I love carbs. I do well with carbs. They fuel me. I don't uh, bloat, have digestion issues. So I'm a big proponent of carbs. But Mm -hmm. if they don't work for somebody, even if they're just psychologically a trigger, right? you know, then by all means, I'm not going to push carbs on you because I like them. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue is with like on social media, even people like in the flexible dieting world is like, they'll be so dogmatic to think that like everyone has to do it one way and there's no gray area. It's like, you know, keto is always bad for every single person or whatever. And it's like, obviously that's not, keto is not something that we would promote to most people, but there are going to be a couple people who it does work for or in certain medical circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, if it works for you, yeah. why yeah. do I have a need to be right Yeah. wanting you to do what works for you? Right. Yeah. Probably because I'm selling something at the end of the day mm-hmm. that has to do with me being right. You know, that's kind of a self-serving approach. Right. Or it's like an ego thing. It's like you always, they always feel like they have to be right. And I just, and I see that like, because there's just people who are in all these different camps and it's like, that is their like religion. It's like they're, that's who they are. It's part of their identity. And that's where it becomes an issue when you realize nutrition is individualized and it's not one size fits all. Yeah. And, and the thing is swallow it, you know, (laughs) how many people with PhDs are wrong, right? It's it's a human thing and we're learning and it's such a new uh, science comparative to some of the others, you know, it's all about trial and error. And I even hear some of the top coaches in the world saying, okay, let's revisit that approach, you know, like, great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And that's why, those people are so successful because they can admit when they're wrong and they can look at the research and change their mind. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a couple of people who are really popular, but I don't know if people realize for the right reasons. So Lauren Simpson and Mark Carroll are a couple. Lauren Simpson has been W uh, IFBB pro two times and Mark Carroll is a very successful, he's getting known for his glute development. So It's all well and good that they have businesses and pe- and Lauren looks great, but it's not her looks. Between them, they probably have, you know, 20 certifications. They teach right. real form, real fitness. And yes, they're elite at what they do. So they could get by. But they bring it back and they talk about what matters. And Lauren will say, I give up a lot to look this way. You right. know, I, yeah. I track my nutrition all day, every day. And she's very honest. I really appreciate that, you know? Totally. That's And that's like with Jordan Syatt. I really appreciate that with him too because he's so open about it. And like um, just the people who are who are raw and real and who like share things about themselves and who are candid, that's what – those are the people who are often like the most successful or have the most um, loyal audience or people supporting them because – People like to see that in a world where, like, everything is just faked and not shown the full truth. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, you might not know what your goal is because you haven't been a bodybuilder before or you haven't lost 50 pounds before or whatever stage of your journey you're at. And you might emulate people like Lauren Simpson or Hattie Boyle or whoever it might be for their physique, but... You need to understand that just because you respect that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right choice for you, right? Yeah, yeah. On on the scale, it's a sliding scale of, you know, say uh, obese to the point where you have health risk versus competing. There's so much where where you, you know, yeah. And some Jordan is very good at saying, I don't really want abs. I really want to live. And 
great if you, but some people really want abs. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to know, like the, I guess the negative aspects of both sides so that they can be aware and make like an informed choice because so many women will pursue like a six pack or like sub 20% body fat or whatever it is. And it's like, that's not healthy for most women. And that's not sustainable for most people. And like most people don't, their life isn't dedicated to fitness. Like they have other things in their life. So that wouldn't be realistic for them. But I think it's just like, you know, being the best version of yourself that you can be and doing what is going to be sustainable for you and have a healthy, enjoyable lifestyle. Yeah. And also, you know, one of the things that I have learned, I didn't learn this in a nutrition course, of course, but you, you realize that fitness and nutrition, like anything else in this world is so holistic. So, you know, in one season you might be shredded and that's cool. And it is healthy because you're in the mind frame. You can make the sacrifices, you know, for myself, one year ago, last June, I was so incredibly shredded for me. It was it was right. my personal best. Right. But then, you know, we had the situation we have for the past year. I had a very significant loss in my life. Um, this my city has been under lockdown for almost a year. Things happen, and now I'm at a point where I can't be that. Right. Acting. It's it's not healthy for me, not because my body can't sustain it, but because my mind can't. I don't. Yeah the space to do right I don't have the space to count every day but what I can do is track or at least be very mindful of my food during the week and then have fun weekends that's the approach that works for me right now and is healthy and makes me feel good and still let's be real aesthetic does matter I do want to look a certain way right um but right now I'm sitting about five six maybe a few more pounds over my quote-unquote where I my comfort or my target but that's good for me right now. It gives mm-hmm. me the freedom to be where I need to be mentally as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think people also overlook that aspect is like your mental relationship with food and like Absolutely. just, yeah, just like being able to enjoy your life and have more flexibility. Um, even like, you know, if you are trying to be shredded and you can feel full eating like low calorie, high volume foods, but like, how is your social life and your relationship with food? All of that matters too. Absolutely. And if going for nachos and a beer or two with your friends gives you actual joy, mm-hmm. and yes, you can always choose a salad, but maybe the salad yeah. isn't what you want right there. Right. And if you're not getting hung over to the point where you're avoiding all of your goals and if it's just part of your life and you enjoy it, then maybe being in a deficit is not right for you at this time. Right. That is okay. You know, you don't yeah. have this pressure just just be where you can be Mm -hmm. and I think that's so important for like coaches to understand about clients is like they all have different relationships with food and especially like a lot of women have been dieting their whole lives and it's like you have to take that into account and think about more than just like how many calories are they eating and what foods are they eating and like how it affects their whole life yeah and like once you quote unquote stop dieting because your food is a diet. I really right, wish right. Stop, right? Like, and I know we're just, talk, but it's just dieting is not a bad word. We all yeah. participate in a diet, right? And yeah. so like the quicker we can get there, it's great because I heard this quote that, you know, sometimes they just change something in your brain. And it was the diet industry is like a 3.8 billion. Sorry right. if I got the exact number wrong, but why are you letting it rent space in your head for free? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's such a good. The, the weight, the actual, like I, I am telling you tangible, uh, physiolog or weight that came out of my head when I decided to just accept my darn self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wish it for everyone that drives me. Mm -hmm. I love that too. And I think, and you mentioned before, like, you know, there wasn't an exact point in time when you started focusing on strength and stopped being so obsessed with being um, thin. It's kind of like the same thing for me. Like I didn't ever, I don't remember like a single moment, but I just remember realizing like, I'm okay with how my body looks. And I love feeling strong and confident and empowered. And like you said, that's what I want every woman to feel. And I think it's just so sad that most women 
don't experience that or haven't experienced that yet and are just always so focused on being small and being lean and doing these fad diets and just being in this perpetual cycle. And it's, it's so crazy. I am like not joking when I tell you, you just completely covered me in goosebumps because seeing like someone who's younger, especially a woman, just having the ability to say that, like you will have such um, a more well-rounded relationship with yourself and your Mm -hmm. image and, you know, the things that you do with your body. And I, I just, I wish that so much for my younger self and for all of the younger and any stage you're at women out there, you know, it's just, it makes me so happy to see. Yeah. And I, and I feel that way, like with my peers, because I notice it in like the culture of the girls on my school and stuff. And I'm just like, I, I, you know, I think the best thing that you can do is just put out information that helps people and just like, try and resonate with people and the people who it resonates with they'll come to you and it will help them um but yeah just spreading the message is like that's what is going to change women and and just leading by example and the more that I can post like I have an ice cream addiction that's out of control and the more (laughs) that I can admit that I have found lower calorie versions of it right so I'm it's not like I'm downing Haagen-Dazs, but I'm eating ice cream every single day. This is how I do it. You know, I'm not just going and I'm magic and my metabolism works. No, I found a more reasonable way to do it. And I make certain concessions so that I can because I like it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, I have um, someone in my life who's in my family who I love very, very much, but who has been morbidly obese for the entire time I've known them. And it's, it's one of those things where it is their body and it is their choice. And I want so badly to help them. And I will always offer help and offer because, you know, they, there's definitely been times where they've asked, but I can't tell them, you can't tell people what to care about because priorities are your own. So, you know, I really try to lead by example. When I'm there, I bring healthy treats, fruit uh, trays, what it might be. And just try to really provide a good example and an alternative. That's, that's exactly, that's such an important point because I think, um, you know, people don't know what to do in circumstances like that. And it's like that person has to come to it on their own. And if they don't, if it's forced on them, they're not going to sustain it anyways. It's like knows what drove them there. Right. Like we won't get into addiction. That's a whole other issue. Right. you know, if you are risking your health for because you're getting comfort from eating or whatever it might be, drinking or any of these things that interfere with your goals and your health, then obviously you're you're troubled. You're experiencing something, yes. and you know you're you're prioritizing um, trying to feel better. Then maybe you know nobody in that point wants to care about what they're eating. So it's it's about understanding and giving people the room. Yes, um, and maybe some people are never going to want it mm-hmm, exactly yeah. so here to help yeah and I think that's like another important thing to understand like we talked about is like their relationship with food you don't know what that's like you don't know what someone might be going through why they're making the choices they are and it's like you just have to let people do make their own decisions Can you hear me there? Now I can, yeah. I think we just had a bit of a pause there. Yeah. To- Sorry, no, you were saying? So I was just saying that I think that's so important um, for people to understand, like, other people's mentalities and their relationships with food. Like, you don't know what state someone's at. You don't know why they're making those choices. So you just have to kind of, like, let them be. And like you said, lead by example. And then... If someone reaches out to you and is like, I would like help with this, then of course you would be happy to provide that. But it's like, we don't want to push our um, narratives or diets or whatever it is on other people um, because usually it just has the opposite effect. Then they just resent you. Yeah. And it's, um, I am here. The help is here. The resources are here. And I invite you and hope 
that you seek it out and engage mm -hmm. me. And if you don't, I respect that and yeah. give you the space to, if you want one day come, then I'm here. Mm -hmm. And then you're just helping a lot of people who do want your help and who are looking for it. Yeah. And it's like, it's so cool. You know, it's so cool when you give someone a piece of advice and they're like, Oh my goodness, this changed everything. I was like, yes. Yeah, That's exactly. So cool. It's amazing. Um, what are some of the lessons that you've learned since you started coaching? Oh my goodness. So, so many. Um, I think just to really, that whole thing people say about stop comparing yourself or don't compare your chapter one to other people's finishing chapters. It, it's getting to a point where it sounds cliche, but I promise you like competing with the person in the mirror is really the only one that's going to serve you because like doing your best is not ever going to equate to anyone else's best mm -hmm. for better. Or worse. Um, so I really think, yeah, like there's going to be someone who's prettier, smarter, more built always in the room than me. And I would just, the minute I accepted that and realized I'm, you know, it's cool. Yes. We're all just going to do what Absolutely. we can do. Yeah. yeah that's, that's probably the biggest one that served me. Mm -hmm. And um, is coaching your full-time job right now? It is part of. So I work also in PR, which is insane. Oh. Um, yeah, so I work at a 9-to-5, which um, is never just 9-to-5. Um, <laughs> so all of the coaching, all of the content, um, whatever it might be, I, I just do in my spare time because I enjoy it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Are you hoping that it becomes a full-time thing or do you also enjoy your other job? So it's so funny. I was two seconds away from making it my full-time job. Um, and then this situation, uh, hit and things kind of changed Yeah, and I could have still, it did not stop me. Um, but I decided to maybe, uh, go back to the nine to five thing for a little bit longer and let things pan out. Um, I can only learn more and get better right. until I launch. So, you know, it's, uh, the, yeah. So I'm, I guess the answer is I'm, I am hoping that it becomes my full time, but as long as it's in my life and as long as I'm doing it at whatever capacity, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so, and I think it's just like you said, you're always getting better. It's like, you learn so much from just helping people and from experience. And it's like certifications can be great because they can like help get you that experience. But experience is where you learn the most. I feel like just talking to real people and working with them and helping them. Yeah. And the social media component, you know, love it or hate it. It really is a big part. It's a big cog in the wheel, especially yeah. since we've become more remote and online and honestly, that was the piece. I just didn't have the time to devote um, to growing my socials. And that's really the thing that I had to decide. That's the full-time gig if you want yes. to go um, online with coaching. And it's just not feasible at this time. Just like having abs right now isn't feasible for me. Yeah. So when it is, I will give it my all. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I guess... Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years with your coaching business? Yeah, so actually, I was supposed to do my first physique competition in June. Uh, literally, it was supposed to be yesterday. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I hired a coach and um, everything, but we couldn't do it, unfortunately. Um, gyms are still closed here and we're not allowed to have uh, those kinds of competitions right now. But so I think the next step is I want to just do one. And it's not because I want to be super shredded. It's because I right. want to understand. I want to do the thing once. And then I have the perspective when I'm talking to people. Um, so that'll definitely come in the next little bit. Now I feel like I've just made myself accountable. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll come in the next little bit. And then um, I really do want to get more into the physique side of things. And again, not uh, my clients currently are mostly, they're all lifestyle. I don't coach anyone. I don't believe that I have the skill set physique is very, very, um, niche. And I believe you should yeah. really know what you're doing. Um, but I just want to get into that because, because physique competitors get down to the nitty gritty and they push their limits so hard, they really have to understand the tiny little details, the minutia, yeah. really stuff about energy, sleep, digestive systems, you know? So I, I just really want to consume as much of that as I can. 
Yeah, I love that's super exciting. Um, I did not know that you were like preparing for um, a bodybuilding competition, but that's yeah. super cool. I'm excited to see when you do it. Um, but what was your prep like? Or did you like, when did you, I guess, stop prepping? Because you said it was supposed to be yesterday and it was canceled. Uh, yeah. So I did, um, I did a trial prep. I didn't know it was a trial prep, but I hired a coach and for no good reason did an eight, a uh, 12 week cut just because I was like, I'm really interested. I want to do this thing. So yeah. um, I was out in California and I just did a 12 week cut and it was incredible. Like by the end, I was definitely too lean. I wasn't, I didn't want to be any leaner. That wasn't the goal, but like my muscles showed for the first time. I really got to see the work of, of me actually lifting heavy for the first few years. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, and I survived it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I didn't, I didn't really feel too, too terrible after. Now it wasn't proper prep. Um, but I did end up gaining uh, at least half of the weight back. So I would like to go into it now with my knowledge base, really um, try it out and then properly reverse out of it and, and have that experience. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the next step. But I did the first one, I think maybe two years ago. And then this time we only got into our first week and we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, even my, my coach is the one who kind of said it to me, you know, you should be really careful because she'd been dealing with it for the last year and I was a bit heartbroken, but yeah, definitely. That's super disappointing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I had gotten rid of all of the temptation in my apartment and then I was like, well, I guess I got to go grocery shopping now. Yeah. Um, and what are your like training and nutrition goals? What's that like right now? Yeah. You know, this is actually to me because I'm such a nerd, so exciting. Like for the first time, I've really had to take my um, my fitness goals and fit them into my lifestyle. So when the city was properly closed down, I could work out for two, three hours a day because that's all I had to do. Um, and I'll admit that I put a squat rack and I do have a bedroom gym, which is, yeah. I have an Olympic lifting bar in my bedroom. It's very <laughs> But um, I, I was so lucky. I got it right before everything sold out. I had a feeling. Um, but yeah, I just want to keep, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm rambling. Um, I just want to keep, uh, lifting and pushing and, and see as far as I can go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long have you been lifting now? Um, so I've been lifting for, for maybe four or five years, but actually with a purpose and, and understanding and, and pushing myself only for maybe the last three years or so you know? Yeah. And have you ever had like, or I guess what different, what styles of lifting have you done in those like last few years? Oh, well, oh, sorry to go back to your other question when I was rambling. Um, the style that I'm doing right now actually is a push pull split, which I've never done before. Or sorry. Um, I moved from a push pull split to an upper lower split, which okay. I've never done before because upper lower is actually quite overwhelming. Like upper body days, there's a lot of muscles to hit. Yeah. Um, but my schedule just doesn't allow it. So I'm trying a new split. I want to apply principles of you should hit every muscle at least twice a week. Mm -hmm. And I say should with my goals in mind, because I want to stimulate hypertrophy. Um, and they're saying, you know, 10, 10 plus sets a week is really great. Uh, 10 to 20, they say for hypertrophy. So I'm trying to stay within the big parameters, but fit my really busy schedule. So yeah really learning a lot about doing your best, which has kind of become yes. a slogan and being okay with that. You know, some weeks yeah. can't hit that muscle twice and my world doesn't end. It's okay. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. Something is always better than nothing. Yeah. And I just, I think that makes me such a better coach because for example, I don't have children. If yeah. someone comes to me that has children, they can't do push pull lower. Yeah. <laughs> like six days of lifting a week. Right. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm trying to do a step goal. I'm trying to hit 10K every day, which some days I fail miserably on. Yeah. And trying to lift four times a week. That's that's my my goal. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get at least seven hours of sleep a night. Oh yeah. And I mean, and I think that is super important too, is like I um, you know, some coaches will their whole life revolves around fitness and around their physique, so they can't relate to other people. But like 
when you go through periods of time where it's like you are really busy and you still have to fit it in, that's really good experience for when you have clients who have the same issue. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm learning this thing right now. That's so cool. It's got me so my interest peaked and I'm wondering because there's all of the research that's coming out right now is about hypertrophy, right? It's about how to get the maximum. Well, I'm kind of in this place right now where until I decide to compete or get on stage, from a muscle perspective, anabolically, I tend to be an athletic person. I'm actually kind of good. I don't really yeah, want to yeah. grow my arms or I have big traps for a girl. You know, I don't, yeah, that's yeah. not coveted. Um, glutes are always coveted by, you know, no, I shouldn't say always, but a lot of the time. Um, but I want to find a way where you can push yourself to the point where you still get, like, I love hitting PRs. I love benching, you know, a heavy weight where you can do that, but you can not constantly be stimulating hypertrophy. So if you are happy with where you are, what's the point then where you push yourself to your limits and you still get it, but you back off number one, so that you're not ending up, you know, squatting 300. Cause I want to let my strength fade a bit and, and, push weight that doesn't hurt my body, right? Especially mm -hmm. into older age. Um, so I just think it's really interesting. And there's this kind of like hole in the research right now where it's like, how do you push yourself for life, but be content with where you are? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my next deep dive. Yeah. And I think that is really like individualized to the person. Mm -hmm. But like, I think, you know, a lot of it is just like, focusing on moving your body in like different ways and like being good at different things, like making sure that you're getting some cardio in and that you're getting some mobility work in and you're getting some strength work in so you can be well-rounded and moving well. But like, um, I think, and I think it's important to, um, like you, I mean, like you said before, not be okay with like not being exact and being completely optimal with your training and just being okay with like, doing the best you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, that's essential because, you know, you're going to have seasons of life where you can focus more on it and where you can't focus as much on it. And so the thing is, I've always had this goal, which I think a lot of people do, um, if you're into heavy lifting, of I want to bench my body weight, right? So I am like within grasp, I'm a few pounds away from benching my body weight. And that's amazing. Because when I started benching, my goal was to put 25 pound plates on the bar. So that was like the start. I'd worked so hard for that. And now 25 is like not even a warm up. Right. Yeah. So that's amazing. But once I hit that goal of body weight, I know I need to push, push progressive overload until I do. But at that point, I kind of don't really care anymore. I've hit my yeah. goal. I think I look good. I feel strong. So from there, how do I then take breaks still still work you know I don't overly want to expand my chest muscles right. so how do I still work and and push myself but then maybe let some strength weaken and and really keep it to the point where that is a weight that challenges me for a longer period of time yes. my joints you know it's a yeah and I think that happens like I've seen that happen before with people who have these big goals is like once you reach a certain goal, you're not really focused anymore on, I mean, it, it obviously depends on the person, but like there are people who it's just like, you know, you don't always have to be focusing on more and more and more and you're okay with like maintaining kind of the same way with like weight loss or weight gain or whatever. It's like, there's a point where you just want to stay the same. And it's like, that's not talked about as much with strength training or with nutrition because most people are always focused on having a certain goal so like you said the you know more research definitely needs to be focused on that area because I we don't look at it as much yeah like I want to keep my muscle I want to maintain it if there are seasons where I'm going to grow muscle then that's okay too I like muscle because also I can eat more I love yeah. food you know so I want to have all of these things and mostly be healthy right um, but I, I love the push of lifting. I just want to do that, but in a way that's sustainable and doesn't hurt my body long-term. I don't, I don't need to be 60 and squatting 300, you know, like, yeah. but I want to be challenged. Yeah. 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 Anyway, and I, well, that's my new, my new theory and spot. that I'm <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And I guess I just wanted to go back a little bit. You mentioned that you struggled with disordered eating when you were younger. Mm-hmm. What do you think like was the main thing that got you out of that? It's so funny. I, you know, I don't really know, but I'm going to say it's probably safe to say self-acceptance, you know, and self-love. And that sounds like a silly, cheesy thing, but I, I cannot scream it from the rooftops enough how accepting yourself, Yeah. you know, I could go on and on and on about all my flaws and I can say them now, um, with honesty and acceptance because we're all flawed, you know? And, um, I really do think that getting to a place where that's okay is really what did help because, you know, for example, last night, um, this is so funny. I was craving uh, McDonald's, right? Everybody, oh my God, it's so bad. Okay, well, what I did is I went and got some nuggets and I came home and I had a bowl of Greek yogurt and some nuggets. (laughs) That's okay, you know, it's totally cool. So yeah, I just think accepting yourself and finding where your happiness meets still um, accomplishing your goals yeah 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 that's that's like the key is just like the flexibility between like living your lifestyle and being flexible and being okay with not being perfect but also still reaching your goals yeah it's you know when you um are doing things that don't serve you so whether that's um overeating or whether it's under sleeping or drinking or whatever it is if you are not showing up for yourself, if you are not being impeccable, your best, you know, hitting the gym, if you want to, you can skip it if you don't, but if you're yeah. not doing the things that you want that serve you, you will never find that peace right. because you're letting yourself down, right? Mm-hmm. And your goal doesn't have to be to bench press your body weight. That's right. my goal, you know, that's okay. Yeah. But just show up for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's important, especially with people who like, are getting into fitness and don't have like crazy goals is like focusing on the habits and just like focusing on like habit stacking like starting with one at a time and then when you focus on that stuff when you focus on hitting you're getting more movement in getting enough water getting enough sleep um eating enough protein all of that then everything else just falls into place absolutely and you know it's okay. So building habits and habit stacking and getting enough protein and you know, where do you start? There's a lot and you can build on it. So we're talking, we're two people who have a lot of those habits, right? But it's not scary if you don't yet. We, you know, if you want to learn about nutrition, but you don't have the capacity to track macros. Okay. We know that protein is really important. Try to get the most protein that you can Mm -hmm. work on that until it's comfortable and natural. And let's go on. We have our whole lives to thrive here. Right. And I think one of the best things that you can do is just like, if someone doesn't know where to start is to just like focus on, you know, either eating some vegetables because most people don't eat any, like just eat a salad and like go for a walk, go for like a 10 minute walk or something like that is to obviously it's cliche, but just like to start small and to start with something that's doable. And it's like, then that becomes part of your life and then you can focus on something else that will then become part of your life and build upon it. And it, and it just, you know, you just, you're helping me to reinforce my things and it's, it really is do your best. If going for a walk is the best that you can fit in today, it Mm -hmm. really is good enough because it's better than spending that 20 minutes sitting on your butt if that's what's making you feel bad right 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 the fact that some days I'm like oh my goodness I accomplished 10 tasks today and I walked my dog yeah (laughs) right yes yeah and just like changing the way that you talk about that and the way that you think about that rather than like what didn't I do and instead reaffirming like I I got this done and I did my best that I could today and that's all that you can do and even if you have very extreme aggressive goals, so say your goal is to, you know, uh, lift a certain amount and be shredded, or your goal is simply to lose a certain amount of weight, but it's a big amount, you don't have to say you're not going to do it. You can still right. have that goal, right. but just understand, like, ladders help us get to our goals. There are steps, and I know that it's hard. I know that if you're really struggling with where you are, you want to take the quickest route from A to B. Maybe right. that's the best. For me, if I'm in a deficit, 
the quickest route from A to B is the best for me. I need to go extreme, extreme deficit, get in and out, or I lose interest. I don't want to do that. Right. You're just starting. You don't have the skills yet. Take your time. And if you want to accelerate, then do it. But just right. make sure you can build your skills along the way. Because it, like even Monday to Friday, people do this all the time. You eat well, and then by Friday, yeah. you go off. If you can't handle four days of what you're doing, it's not right for you. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think also just focusing on like, like you kind of just mentioned, like there's no end date. There's no like day by which you must meet this goal. And it's like, you're always just learning about yourself. And that's, that's how you're going to be able to sustain it is when you take it slower even if you are taking a more extreme approach but like learning what works and learning what doesn't work that's what that's the knowledge that's going to stay with you after and that's how you're going to be able to maintain it and you know it's like some people are like okay I don't want to take the slow way it's overwhelming you are still working on your goal yeah you're yeah doing the thing you're you're you've acknowledged you've made a lifestyle change it is so hard to make a lifestyle right. change you know it's like your habits your schedule other people so many things affect it and even if you've just switched out sugary sodas or even if you've just started eating protein you're you're on your way you're doing yeah. the damn thing right yeah exactly yeah that's really important um for people to understand um I don't have anything else I was going to ask you, but is there anything you wanted to ask me before we go? What's the biggest thing that you've learned in your fitness journey that helps you both physically and in your mental space? Um, I think for me, obviously focusing on strength and just focusing on like having a goal that I'm excited about. That's what keeps me going when I, when I don't really have a goal I mean, I'll still train, I'll still do my habits, but like, it's just not as fun and I'm not as motivated. I'm not as excited about it. So having a specific goal that I'm working towards and that every single day revolves around that, that's what like lights me up and that's what keeps me really consistent. And I think that's important for a lot of people too, especially, you know, people who maybe don't enjoy training as much or whatever is just like, find a goal that you're super excited about and that maybe you've always wanted to do. And that's going to really help you keep going. Absolutely. I'm, I'm the same, you know? Yeah. And it's just finding the passion, finding. What yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And the goal, the finding new goals that just keeps lighting you up. And it's like, that's what keeps this whole thing exciting. Yeah, I'm so excited for gyms to reopen. And honestly, it has nothing to, like, yes, I want the equipment. I want to be able, I can train so much better and do so many things. But really, it's a selfish, vain reason. I I like when I go there and shock the heck out of people. Yes. <laughs> it makes me feel good. It's like one of those little sneaky joys. And right. I knowing that, I, I can't wait because it fires me up. And I just... I just like seeing the look of shock on people's faces. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's right. It I did that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel so bad for you guys that your gyms have been closed for so I, long. I know. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy. But you know what? We'll, we'll all get there. I can't complain. I have yeah, like, yeah, you have an Olympic lifting bar in my room. So, yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all good. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been yeah, really thank you so much for chatting with me it was super fun time flew by <laughs> yeah perfect all right well you have yourself a wonderful weekend you too thank you welcome ciao